All right, everybody, very excited to bring in a guy who has been all around the coaching landscape. He's been the head coach at the highest level, went undefeated at Auburn in 2004, very well respected in the coaching community, and has now changed course, is a senator, uh, is doing a fantastic job so far, and we're really excited to get Coach Tuberville on, Senator Tuberville on. Uh, coach, I really appreciate you taking some time. Yeah, great to be here. Definitely. Well, I, I want to start. Look, there's a lot of important stuff going on. We know all about inflation, all this other stuff. We know about NIL and, and boys playing in girls sports, but we got to get something really serious. In 2004, our, uh, for 2004, are we going to get a bill in Congress to declare Auburn national champions or what? <laughs> I need to start working on that. Uh, you Look, know, I you didn't get a lot of help. I didn't get a lot of help out of anybody when that, you know, when USC <laughs> got kicked out of it. But uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, that, I might be able to pull that off now. Hey, well, listen. I'll, I'll be. I'll walk up to the hopper with you, my friend. We'll we'll do it. We'll do it together. I'll carry that torch. But uh, in all seriousness, you know, we we look at the way that that college football has changed, and sports are changing the landscape in general. But really, college football has been overhauled, and college sports uh, overall has been overhauled with NIL. And now we look at the transfer portal. And I know you guys are doing a ton of work on NIL up there and trying to find a way, you know, legislatively, whether it's against, you know, uh, finding ways to make collectives better in every branch of NIL to try and put some guardrails on this thing because coach you know they just kind of let it out of the bag and let it eat and now it feels like it's hard to put it back in the box how realistic do you think is there a chance we may see some sort of legislation to really put some guardrails on NIL as a whole well I'll put it this way if we can't do something about it to make it better we're going to lose college sports as we know it mm -hmm. uh, it's out of control uh it's a forest fire that uh, nobody knows how to put it out. And so I stayed out of it for about a year. And, of course, I still have all my coaching buddies. I know former players. I know people in NCAA. And after about a year, I started getting calls. We need help. Mm -hmm. uh, and I said, well, you get the federal government in this thing now. This is not a rule. It'll be a law. And it's going to be hard to get done. But Joe Manchin and I sat down, we talked about it. And so we've got both of our staffs working on it. Uh, we've talked to collectives. We've sent out letters to athletic directors, coaches, uh, anybody that, that we could kind of get information from. The problem is, and it always has been, me being a coach for 40 years, NCAA washed their hands of anything that was had a possibility of a lawsuit. And uh, it it's basically that, you know, the, you know, NCAA dropped the ball on this. You know, they just passed this legislation. They said, we don't want any more lawsuits. Y'all have at it. And that's what they've done. So there's not a whole lot we can do uh, as, as the federal government, other than we can get some guidelines and we can make all 50 states do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Now that's, that's the problem that we're having as we speak. We've got some, some states that will allow uh, schools to offer money to high school players some states can't. Uh, there's all kind of legal ramifications that that are different in each state. So what Joe Manchin and I want to do is come up with some guidelines to where if you're going to do this, it's got to be done by all 50 states have the same yeah. regulations. Because if you don't, you're not going to have a, any true national champion. You're going to have just a few teams that are going to have edges over everybody else. And, uh, again, I hate that we have to get involved, but we're going to try to help. I don't know whether we can do it. Yeah. But uh, we're going to try to help.
Well, yeah, we, we had Jim Jordan on too a couple months ago talking about this, and he talked about the, the antitrust lawsuits that would be coming back if you tried to do something and how big of a hurdle that was. But really hoping you guys can find a way. I know you have to thread the needle on this about as much as you have to thread the needle on anything, especially when you start getting the government involved. Uh, but I do want to shift gears here for a second, or, or as we say, you know, call an audible or check the play. They're overloading one side. When you look, Coach, Tub- Coach Tuberville, at, at the integration of boys into girls' sports, and this is something to me that that really hits home. I had a sister growing up that was very involved in sports. And it seems to me like we don't understand the simple things of biologically, men are different than women. And when you start putting them in the same sport, it becomes really dangerous. Imagine if you had men fighting women in the UFC, and you can see that with with what we've seen in swimming, obviously, with a very low-level men's swimmer looking like Michael Phelps when he got into the women's game. You're seeing volleyball players getting smashed in the face with serves that they shouldn't be seeing from men that are bigger than them. What is your goal or, or kind of what is your thoughts behind putting a stop to letting males play with women's sports. This isn't chess. This isn't checkers. It's There are physical sports out there, and therefore there are physical consequences. Well, it's asinine, to be honest with you. Uh, I can't believe we're even talking about this or having to talk about it. Uh, I've given speech after speech on the Senate floor. We've had other senators do it. You know, the left is out there. They're trying. I don't know what they're trying to do to, to family in this country. You know, we've got 60-something genders now. Now, as you said, we're We've got boys, if they want to play in women's sports, let them do it. You know, this was the 50th anniversary of Title IX. And it's one thing that the federal government actually got right. Uh, In 1972, they came out and said, hey, whatever you do for men's sports, you got to do for women's sports. And at that time, we had 3 to 6% of the the young girls playing high school sports. Now we're over 50%. It has been a huge, huge success getting – Young ladies involved, they learn leadership. They, they learn everything that the, the men were learning, and it gave them a chance to compete at the, at the same level. Now you've got these whack jobs on the left that says, now, nah, you know, if, if you want to identify yourself as a woman, you should be able to play in sports against them, dress in the same dressing rooms, uh, and be afforded uh, the ability to compete at that level. It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I'm with you. And when we get to this point in this country, you know how bad our country is off. I mean, we're hurting in a lot of areas. You know, the, you just look at the crime and the inflation, the border, uh, our, how bad our education has gotten. Now they want to ruin athletics. And I'm telling you, I have just about had it with these goofballs. And uh, uh, it makes no sense. And... We're going to fight it tooth and nail. Uh, but what's going to happen is you got to already have a lot of young girls who are not participating in sports because of this. Their parents aren't allowing them to do it. But I just can't imagine. I can't imagine why in the world they want to attack women now. Because for years you had all the feminists saying, hey, we want the same thing that men get. They got it. And now these same feminists are saying, we want to take that away. It makes no sense. 
Yeah, the attack on common sense never ceases to amaze me. Yeah, Coach, oh. it, it never uh, sat right with me when I was playing college football that I couldn't profit off of my likeness a way that just a, a general student could. Um, not that I would have made a lot of money as a backup quarterback, but still, it was the concept of it. But I never felt exploited by the amateur nature of college football because I placed a high value level on a college education. There seems to be an important distinction to be made between name, image, and likeness and paying for play, right? Whether it's through a collective or whether it's directly to an individual uh, collegiate student. So how does your legislation differentiate between name, image, and likeness and paying players to come to school? Well, you know, we, we, we've got to find a way. And I'm, and again, I'd have starved if I'd have had to work on, on, on my name, image, and likeness when I was in college, uh, <laughs> as a lot of these young young guys and women. Now, whatever you do, it's obviously the the women get the same thing if afforded the, uh, the ability. But what we're trying to do is, is try to find a way to get the universities involved through a lot of the TV money. Now, yeah. now here's the problem. Now, you're getting ready to have the Big Ten and the SEC in a year or so when they have consolidation with their new teams that they're coming in. Their TV contracts are going to pay each team somewhere around 90 to $100 million a year. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money. You know, when just a few years ago, most teams were only getting 30 to 35 million. Uh, <clears throat> there's got to be a, <clears throat> a way that some of this TV money should go to players, all players, not just a few. Uh, there's some college coaches that have told me what I do is we we take some of the, the, the money, we give it to every athlete. And at the end of the day, if they want to go make more money off their name, image and likeness, get you an agent and go do it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably the way to do it. Uh, when you, as we're doing it now, we've got all these collectives that these universities are out collecting tens of millions of dollars. And they're the ones that's going to end up buying the players for either basketball or football, maybe baseball, maybe one or two other sports. But other than that, that's, that's about it. When you, for years, we tried to keep boosters out of it. Now, boosters are allowed to get in it. Using the internet without ExpressVPN is like not paying attention to a safety demonstration on a flight. Most of the time, you'll probably be fine. But what if one day that yellow mask drops down and you don't know what to do with it? It's better to be safe than sorry. And the same applies to your online activity. Every time you connect to an encrypted network in a cafe, hotel, or airport, any hacker on the same network can access your personal data, including your passwords and financial details. And it doesn't take much for hackers to hack. All you got to have is some cheap hardware. Your data is valuable. Hackers can make up to $1,000 per person selling your personal information on the dark web. But ExpressVPN creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet so that hackers can't steal your sensitive data. It's so secure it would take a hacker with a supercomputer over a billion years to get past ExpressVPN's encryption. I love how easy it is to use ExpressVPN. All you got to do is fire up the app and click one button to get protected. Plus, it works across all your devices, your phone, laptop, tablets, and more. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com wire. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot wire to get an extra three months free. Expressvpn.com wire. And really, this when I've talked to these collective groups, They've told me, Coach, get us out of this. Mm-hmm. We don't need to be doing this. And I totally agree. Mm-hmm. I think all the money still should go through the universities and uh, go through the budgets. And if they want to keep money out, say if a, a car dealership says, now nah, I'm not going to give money. I'm just going to hire somebody to do some advertising for me. That's what they should do. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but I tell you, this is getting way out of hand. You've got kids making millions of dollars. I'm not going to bring up names of teams, but I, kn- I do know a couple of teams right now in college football that their locker room is a mess. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got some of the younger players that aren't playing that are making four, five, six hundred thousand dollars, and you got older players that are playing in their position, starting and participating, not making a dime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, no, I really what do like- you think? No, yeah. I, I like that. What do you that. think about that? that? That's unbelievable. No, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Essentially, you're saying we should have a, a TV revenue share for all of the players that come on a team so a, a, a college could tell a kid, hey, this is what every single person in our signing class is getting. This is how much money you would get mm-hmm. from our revenue share within the conference or within the, uh, the TV rights deal. You're not saying, oh, well, we like this kid better from this high school, so we'll give you $150,000, but you are just going to have to come on just a scholarship. Yeah. Is that essentially what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, and that and, makes sense. And right? it pretty much takes the, the money out of the recruiting. Uh, we need to get yeah. back into recruiting, make sure we leave education a big part of this, the scholarship yeah. a big part of it. But as, as I've seen the first year and a half, how this has gone, uh, it's going to destroy it. Uh, yeah. It is absolutely going to destroy the 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 team concept, the concept of coming and, and having an equal opportunity to play, participate and make yourself better and earn something. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't mind them making money off their jersey name or mm-hmm. or, or signing autographs. All that. I think that's fine. But I think if you've got 600 athletes, say a major university's got 600 entire athletes in their program, men and women, I think everybody should get a check from that TV money mm-hmm. uh, uh, that they're bringing in. I think that that that's, at the end of the day, that's what, that's what was meant about name, image, and likeness yeah. because all this TV money's coming in and the players aren't getting any of it. There you go. So let's yep. give them fifteen, twenty thousand dollars uh, give them twenty, thirty million dollars of it a year. You still got plenty of money. Then if they want to go out and make more money off their name, keep the school out of it. Yes. Make them make them get an agent and go go do it themselves. But just this recruiting of saying, hey, we're gonna give you two million dollars to come to uh, University X mm-hmm. uh uh, I mean, to to me, and again, I'll go back to my days. I mean, if half the kids from high school uh, that you sign, you you might sign some great players. If half of them can play, you're dang lucky. Yeah, you know, most of true. them come in and they can't. All of you, if you played football, you understand when you come there, they don't realize the work, the time, mm-hmm. uh, the going to school, how tough it is to be a college athlete. And all of a sudden, you get your eyes open real quick. Hey, I'm making all this money, but I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't sign up for all this stuff. Well, yeah. you still got to do it. Yeah. You're, you're going to sink or swim, and it's funny you bring up TV money. Hell, Coach, I remember watching uh, you guys play at 11 o'clock on Jefferson Pilot Sports with Dave, Dave, Dave. There's like 35 Daves, and now <laughs> the SEC Network, hell, they could pay half the deficit we have to China right now with the money they're making. No, I mean, exactly. It's a, yeah, it's a full-time job being a student-athlete, and people oh, have yeah. to get ready for it. Well, Coach, you coached for 21 years. I kind of want to get your thoughts on this. It's the college football playoff. Um, it started at 4 it's extending to 12. Do you have a, uh, what's your thoughts on it? Is 12 too many? Yes, yeah, too many. Uh, but uh, what are we doing this for? We just talked about it. It's about the money. Yep. Uh, TV, TV controls everything going on right now. What I, I hate that we're getting into is we're going to take away from regular season. Uh, you're not going to be able to play 12 regular season games and then play that long a playoff. Yep. It's going to run into, you know, we, we all remember this, you know, when you get through the last game, you're just totally give out, exhausted. You're getting ready to go through the finals. You have no practice. 
And then if you have a bowl game, then you start your bowl practice after mm. finals. Well, now there's no there's no let up. I mean, you you're going right through it. You're going you're going to play right through finals. You're going to play uh, two or three, four, maybe five extra games. I don't know how many it it comes out to be, but it is a long season, and it's going to be the survival of the fittest because everybody talks about games. All of you know that you got to practice for those yeah, games. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You, you got to have the contact for those games. And these people putting these things together, this college football committee, playoff committee, and all this—they're probably good people, but they have no clue what they're doing. Yeah. And uh, they're putting they're putting young men in harm's way in, in terms of uh, injuries. And think about this now: if you're number twelve team and and you make the playoffs, and <laughs> You might be a first-round draft pick. You might say, you know, I'm done. I'm not going to play in the playoffs. I mean, and then what do you, what do you have? I mean, you're yeah. going to have huge problems because that's going to happen, just like it's in the bowl games right now. Yeah. I know in the top four, you know, most of those go ahead and play that one game or two games. But when you're playing four or five games and you're a top player in the country and you're getting ready to really start your career maybe in the NFL, uh-uh. Uh, you know, a lot of them going to pull the plug. And I hate to say that, but I can see it coming. Yeah. Well, Coach, I, I know you're really busy. Really appreciate what you guys are doing up there, fighting for sports and trying to make this thing more streamlined, common sense, and organized. That's the thing that I get out of it. It's just so disorganized right now. You got stuff going left and right. I know you guys, you and and uh, Joe Manchin and, and the group up there and uh, guys that know sports are trying to get it handled. We really appreciate you taking some time, uh, and we'd love to get you back on at some point. Yeah, let's do this again in January. I'll have a better idea of what we can do and can't do when we get somewhere around January, and then maybe we'll get Joe Manchin on at the same time and, and talk about this. But uh, if we can do something, I hope we can do it because I, I, I don't see anything good coming out of all this. Yeah, and you can tell Senator Manchin we won't talk about West Virginia's struggle this year either. We'll just look at how the Big 12s <laughs> really kind of kind of glowed up a little bit this year. Well, Neil Brown was my offensive coordinator at Texas Tech. He's a good coach, but – He's having a few problems. Yeah, I was rooting for him, too. You know, I, I know Neil, and, and he did a really good job at Troy. And, and you never know all it takes is one year. Just JT stopped throwing it to the other team. But yeah. uh, Coach, Senator Tuberville, man, man of, of many talents, really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thank you.